the Lori prior to Nacho, you didn't have to wonder what I was thinking because it was out my mouth before you could even wonder what I was thinking. And the bad thing about it, it was you thought at the time that it was a positive personal trait of yours. Yeah, because I had the balls to say what most people didn't. Mm-hmm. And yes, I said balls. Listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 200 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Wow, we made it. 200. <laughs> we made it. Huge milestone. We made it. That means for almost three and a half years, every Friday, we have released a podcast. Yep. You've got 200 times we told you something (laughs) that would benefit you in your plan. You've listened to stories. You know you're not alone. 200. 200 times. 200 times. (laughs) Sounds like my mom. I told you 200 times. (laughs) I remember in the very beginning, many people don't realize this, but we had actually recorded a few episodes, and then we stopped. Yep, the lost episodes. The lost episodes. And that is because it was too hard to relive at that time. Mm-hmm. We would get finished recording, and I would be sad or mad Because of what we talked about. Yep. So we were like, nah, we're not ready for this. Mm Mm-hmm. Then it didn't take long that we were ready. I don't know. I think it's about another year later. That's not long. (laughs) Yep. And also, in the beginning, I would not record podcasts without you. No, you wouldn't. I still think it's more entertaining when you're there. (laughs) No, it's not. You fuss at me the whole time. No, that's See, not true. What, what the listeners don't know is that I get fussed at every time because she's like, dang it, now I got to edit out something else you said. Because you say inappropriate <laughs> things. <laughs> I mean, I know we're not on the Christian network or anything, but still, <laughs> it ain't Nacho After Dark either, David. It's not that bad. But anyway, I got better. Mm-hmm. And I no longer feel like I'm going to throw up when I interview people. Nope. You're a rock star. It just goes to show that even things that we struggle with, if we keep doing it and practice, it gets easier. Mm-hmm. Same thing applies to the Nacho Kids method. It's not easy. Nope. The more you do it, the easier it gets. That's right. But the secret is you got to get started. Yeah, and the secret is, is if you slip up, you don't give up. (gasps) I like that. I like that, too. I was proud of myself. I know. That's a t-shirt right there. Yeah. Write it down, David. Write it down. So today's going to be a little different because normally we're interviewing people. Actually, you're interviewing people most of the time. But today it's just going to be us discussing things about nachoing and what we've learned over the past three and a half years or 200 episodes. So. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. That reminds me of the radio station, The Ride. 
<laughs> well, I guess we should say before we jump into this that for those of you who want a chance to get into the Nacho Kids Academy, there is a scholarship available. There is. Yeah, so tell us about that, Lori. Sylvia Krakauer has made a donation to the Nacho Kids Academy to provide scholarships for those in need. And if you are interested, all you have to do is apply at nachokids.com slash scholarships. And next week, we will start announcing the winners. Yay. That's my favorite part. Mine too. I haven't figured out if we're going to do one every week, though. We may do one every two weeks. Okay. I haven't figured all that out yet. All righty. Okay. Ready to get into it? I reckon, I reckon. Okay, so... I'll start it off. Okay, start it off, David. And and I'm going to I'm going to have to start off with a with a little bit of a rant, but there's a reason. Uh oh. So you won't let me rant. You know, you'll rant with me. Trust me. Okay. So one thing I've learned since we've started down this path is that there are a number of people out there that do not know what the Nacho Kids parenting method is about yet. They will speak on it. True. So that is unfortunate for a number of reasons. One, uh, misinformation. Hello. Yeah. But it is amazing to me and frustrating to me that people will go out there and bash it, talk about how they don't agree with it. And then you find out pretty quickly and easily they have no earthly idea what we're talking about. Or they use the word nacho or nachoing as a synonym for disengaging. Oh, yes. Yes. I know what it is. It's just disengaging. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this has been around for blah, blah, blah. And it's just, yeah, you're right. So, first of all, if you hear that, folks, and you're new to this, understand that's wrong. Absolutely wrong. So, let's talk a little bit about what nachoing the Nacho Kids Parenting. Let's talk about what it is so that we can clear up any misconceptions. And this is going to be the, as Lori likes to say, Reader's Digest version, because there's actually a lot that goes into it, which for us, it it becomes difficult when somebody's like, well, what is the methodology? And you're like, well, (laughs) it's quite complex somewhat because it's, it's a fluid thing and it's hard to explain. Well, I think it's hard to explain because, number one, everybody's situation is different. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in a different place of their blend. Everybody is looking for either information to help them not leave their blend or how to get in a blend and not want to leave. Yeah. So the, the easiest way to really talk about it is to talk about the results. And we can hit some features of it kind of. But that really is not important. What what is important is what results are we trying to uh, to get? It's kind of like, you know, I can open up the inside of my watch and I can see all these intricate things doing all kind of stuff. But ultimately, what I'm really looking for is I want something that's going to give me accurate time and give me an alarm and, and give me the date and all that kind of stuff. That's really all that matters is the end result. Okay. So let's talk about that because there's some misunderstanding, misconceptions about what what our end goal is for people. 
because we hear some people say all the time, again, the just disengaging piece, that makes it sound like the goal is to just disengage and ignore stuff. And you can't go through life just ignoring everything. Right. And you can't go through life just disengaging. You will become bitter and resentful. So the whole thing of disengaging, even though it is a small part of our methodology, you cannot stop there because you're just sweeping things under the rug. And that's what we hear people say sometimes. Well, not Joey is just sweeping things under the rug. Uh, No. (laughs) Right. It's kind of like saying that you understand criminal law because you read the course description online. I watch Law and Order. (laughs) Well, because if you read our blogs Mm -hmm. and dig into things, you will see that it's not just disengaging at all. Right. But if you go in the Facebook group, Lord help have mercy, Mm. there's no telling what you're going to get told. And no, I'm not shutting the group down because some people still do get help from that group. But we can't control the crap that comes out of other people's mouths. Yeah, that's that's almost a separate topic right. <laughs> to talk about. And and just to say, if you ever join the Nacho Kids Academy, don't go in the Facebook group. Get out of the Facebook group while you're in the academy. Yeah. Okay, anyway, go ahead, David. Okay, so let's talk about what the Nacho Kids methodology is. So let's talk about what our, first of all, let's talk about what our goal is. When people come to use our method, oh my gosh, shocker there, we created Nacho Kids Parenting? (gasps) (laughs) That's another thing. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to confuse people, David. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm all over the place. So what is our goal? Our goal is to have a happy blend for everyone involved. All right. So, and we do that by helping you reduce your stress, by helping you better your relationships, and maybe even having a relationship with your stepkids. Yes, that is the ultimate goal. Right. Now, some people say, I don't want to have a relationship with my stepkids, and that's completely fine. Mm -hmm. But we want you to have the best, most healthy relationship you can have with everybody in your blend. You have to determine what that looks like. We don't know. Right. And it may be different for each kid. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for some people, it's, I want to have that relationship just like, you know, I love them like my own. That's what I want. Okay. If you can get there, then great. If you're the person that's like, if I can, if I can just exist in the, on the same planet with them, I'm happy. Okay. Then if we can get there, then great. So it is never us wanting no relationship with the stepkids. Right. Because that is a misconception that it's like, well, you know, you know, it's not my kids, not my whatever. Not my problem. Problem, not my monkeys, not my circus, not my, all these other misconceptions that people use. Not my cow poop. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we do say it's not your kids and not your responsibility, but it will absolutely be your problem. Yes. <laughs> All right. So first thing is our goal is for you to have happy, healthy relationships and better your blend. That's the goal. Including your relationship with yourself. Yeah, exactly. Now, how we get there is 
often a much more complicated process. Now, what we can tell you is that what we're looking at doing is we're looking at having you do things like identifying your triggers, um, having you become more self-aware, having you do some self-improvement and self-work because it takes you being the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. to be able to see things and do things properly, Uh, some coping skills, some changing the way you see and think and about things, moving away from uh, a reactive stance to more responsive stance within your life. So there's a lot that goes into that. Oh, I can add a bunch more to it. Go ahead. Well, add add a few more. Go ahead. Well, letting go of control of the things that you never had control of in the first place. Mm -hmm. Learning to forgive. Yes. Yourself and others. Understanding why the blend is so hard. And letting go of those expectations for a nuclear family. Yep. All right, I'll stop there. Okay, so that's just a few. Just a few. All right. So we take that, and when people come to us, we have to then identify what is it that they have. In other words, where are they now? Where do they want to go? And that can often change because some people say, you know, I want to get to, let's just let's just use levels. Like, I want to get to level seven. <laughs> and, and then, okay, cool. And the more we work with them, they go, you know what? Um, I actually, I, I don't want to be at level seven. I only be at level nine. And so that can change. Mm-hmm. And, and so people come to us, we figure out where they are, where they want to be. Then we started helping them identify all these areas that they need to work on and then develop a plan for that and an action plan for that. So the reason why it's often hard for us to give a really simple blanket answer is because we're dealing with people and everybody's different and every blend's different. And we have to figure out where you are, where you want to go, what kind of challenges you have. Are there any differences between the challenges you have versus other challenges that are very similar and sometimes very identical to that? Mm-hmm. What you've tried, what you've not tried, you know, how willing are you to work through the things that we're giving you to do? Is there anybody else in your relationship that's also working along with you? It's just, it's a lot. It's a right. lot of different dynamics that we have to deal with. And, and that's why even listening to the podcast and even coming to our blog and all these other things, there's still, a, there's a ton of information there and it'll help you tremendously. But coming to the academy, as people know that have, that have been in there, when you come into the academy, you're like, wow, this is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not expecting to learn so much and to benefit so much because that's the only way we can really do it in a way that's, that's meaningful to that degree. Right. And it really is life-changing because oh, yes. the tools that we teach in the Nacho Kids Academy – can be applied in different areas of your life. It can be applied at work, with your kids, with the people riding down the road, the people at Walmart. Mm -hmm. You can use those tools in other places, and it's to lower your stress, which in turn creates a lot of the positive things you're looking for. Right. But there's also times that situations that happen in a blend that reset the blend. Mm Mm-hmm. So just because you make it to year eight doesn't mean things are going to be gravy. Yeah. 
something may change that, again, what we call as resetting the blend. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that where people that come into the academy and, and they'll say things are great and then they'll leave for a while and then they'll come back in because they've got new challenges that they need to understand how to deal with. Right. And they'll come back into the academy, which to, to me says a lot. When somebody leaves and comes back, that tells me that what we're doing is making a difference because you would not come back if it wasn't working for you. Exactly. Yes. So it's like you're not going to go back to the gym unless you saw results the time you went before. <laughs> right. Well, they, they see the value in it. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's different challenges for different stages. You've got some people that, you know, they come into the stepkids' life when they're very, very, very young, and they don't have a lot of these challenges early on. And then all of a sudden the kid turns 13 or 14, and then it's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> More like eight person? or nine. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, could be. But they completely change, and then they're like, wow. You know, I was sitting here three years ago saying that I didn't have any of these challenges and, and, and everything was good. And now I do have these challenges. So it can, it can change. Now, the thing about that, too, is not only can these things change from, from good to bad, let's just say, but they can also change from bad to good mm-hmm. where you are, you are dealing with a challenge and then you, you work your way through that challenge and you're not there anymore. Which is to say that nothing that we are telling you to do or recommending you do is something or some place that you're going to stay for a, a long period of time or, for, or forever. Well, the happy so, place. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to get at is we often hear people say, oh my gosh, th- is this the way my blend's going to be forever? I'm always going to be excluded. I'm always going to feel like the third wheel. I'm always going to feel whatever. No, you won't. Yeah. You have to go through these stages for you to get to the next level and level up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But it's interesting that people kick into that. And and we see it a lot of times, too, with the, the other person that's not nachoing in the relationship. So we'll just say, we'll say husband and wife, just for the sake of an example. Let's say the wife is in the academy and she's, she's, doing the nacho thing, and then her husband is like, so you mean to tell me that this is what our relationship is going to look like from now on, that you're going to be holed up in your bedroom and you're not going to come out and eat dinner and you're not going to participate and and you're not going to the kids' soccer games and you know all this other stuff, whatever it is that's going on. Why would I even marry you if you're not going to be a part of my life? Exactly. And so the answer to that is, no, this is not forever. You know, what we're trying to do is trying to figure out, first of all, get the stress and strain off of not just the person, but the entire family, because everybody's feeling pressure yes. and strain and stress. Let's get all that off, relieve that, and then let's start doing some triage. It's very much like going into an, an emergency room. Oh, my gosh. Don't bring up the emergency room. <laughs> but you go in. You've got something going on. They're like, okay, what do we need to do immediately to relieve the pressure and the strain and the stress or whatever's going on? And then let's triage everything else and let's try to figure out what path we need to put this person on in order to get them back to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to that. We just do it in a, in a blended family coaching way. 
And I have to say, like you said, David, it says a lot about the Academy when someone leaves and then comes back. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that several times. And it always is reassuring to us, especially to me, that they do see the value in it and it does help them. Yeah. And anytime somebody leaves the Academy, we always ask for feedback. And we get very positive feedback, which, again, is reassuring that the Academy offers, at minimum, what people thought it would. Yep. But also, we have people that join and say, yeah, when I first heard about this nacho stuff, I thought it was a bunch of crap. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Then I realized I need help. We never say, told you so, told you so, (laughs) or anything like that. But again, it's just reassuring that this is needed. Mm -hmm. And regardless of whether you're getting ready to start your blend or if you're in year 16, there are things in the academy to help you better your blend and better your life. Yeah. And, And that too, one thing to realize is that it is not, just for people who don't like their stepkids or have problems with their stepkids, it is a very big misconception that nacho parenting is all about people who have terrible stepkids or don't like their stepkids, don't want to like their stepkids. We have a quite a number of folks that come in who have fantastic relationships with their stepkids. Mm-hmm. They still have blended family issues, right? And that's and and so we focus on blended family issues. It is not a place that people come to that they are only people that don't like their stepkids. Or people that are trying to hurt the stepkids or teach their significant other a lesson. Like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to put all this back on your plate, buddy. Yeah. If you're doing this out of spite, you're in the wrong place. Right. The nacho kids method, nacho parenting, nacho, nachoing, all that stuff was created out of love. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's how it has to be done. And I'm not saying you wake up every day saying, I love everybody in the house. But what it is, is you have enough love for yourself and your significant other that you're willing to do the work to make this better and not throw in the towel. Yes. So to reiterate, we have seen people who say, you know, you don't follow the Nacho Kids methodology because I love my stepkids and not showing this for people who don't. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Or I want good relationships with my stepkids. I've seen that where they say, if you want good relationships with your stepkids, you better not nacho. Yeah, exactly. And that is completely false. Exactly. Go back and listen to episode, hang on one second. Go back and listen to episode 10 where we have Branson on there. And I'm not going to dig out the others right now, but we also have Ethan and we have Avery that will tell you that the Nacho Kids method was a good thing for us and for them. All right. So we've made it through a few of the misconceptions. Anything else you want to bring up on those? I think that there's a misconception between parenting your stepkids and being an adult. Mm. An adult is someone that says, oh, no, little Johnny, you can't run around with that knife. Parenting is, little Johnny... Bring me that knife and give me your iPad. You can't play it for two days. That's the difference. A step-parent can be an adult in the home Mm -hmm. and still not parent the kid. 
Right. And I often relate it to, quote, quote, babysitter mode. Some mm-hmm. people get offended about that, but they get offended about nacho kids in general. But that's okay. Because what it is is you're taking the emotion out of it. A babysitter doesn't say, little Johnny left the door open to the bathroom just to make me mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't take things personally. And even if you're a step parent and the step kid writes a note, I hate my step parent. Guess what? It's really not about you. So too often we take things personally. And too often we forget that the kids are struggling in this too. Yeah. You know, taking things personally, I heard somebody say one time, well, you know, people take things personally because, you know, we are people. <laughs> so it's hard not to take things personally when you're a person. Yes, it is. It's, it's not easy, especially when you feel that you are the target. But that's one thing, again, that the academy teaches you is how to not be the target. Mm-hmm. Also understanding not just why you feel like the target, but why people are doing things which also make you feel that way. In other words, are they really targeting you or are they targeting what you represent? Right. And so it's just a lot. It's a lot of just eye-opening things Mm -hmm. uh, that we go over there. And one of the things that we also teach or preach (laughs) in the academy is being thankful, being grateful, Mm -hmm. being more positive in your thinking. If you change yourself, people around you can't help but change. Right. If you allow people to bring you down, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. You have a choice every single day to find the good or find the bad. Mm-hmm. And I know when we were going through our struggles, my goal every day was to find the bad. Yeah, that's and That's I, not I mean, I didn't realize it. It's not like I woke up and said, okay, we're going to find the bad today. <laughs> it's kind of people's default most of the time, especially when you're already going through something. Well, and also we can really get into the brain because that's something else in the academy is it is normal for you to remember the bad. It's your body's way of protecting you mm-hmm. or your mind's way of protecting you. But we can also talk about how All of your memories aren't true. Yeah. Well, you should take everything like that and kind of filter it through a test. In other words, you want to ask yourself some questions like, is is this the truth? Right. Whether it's what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling or what's going on, is this the truth? And if, if it is the truth. How do you know it's the truth? Then the next thing you need to say is, okay, is it helpful? And then answer that question. And then lastly, is it kind? Because sometimes you can be very unkind to yourself. I think a lot of times we are more unkind to ourselves than we are anybody else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember a lot of the research that I did for one of the challenges in the academy just amazed me. Mm -hmm. And if you think about how poorly you talk to yourself, for most people, if their significant other talked to them like that, they would leave. Oh, yeah. But we talk to ourselves that way. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of self-sabotage. You know, mm-hmm. of course, you've heard the saying, you know, you're your own worst enemy and all that. And, and a lot of people do that. Uh, I say most people do that to some degree, unless you are consciously looking for that, you can often fall into that trap and not even realize it. I know a lot of times if I make a mistake, I'll be like, Lori, that was stupid. <laughs> Don't call yourself stupid. Well, really, you shouldn't. Right. Because you are saying something negative to yourself. And what you think and what you speak are both very powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we also talk about. Because you need to understand that sometimes these relationships with these stepkids or your significant other, they're damaged from things Mm -hmm. that have been said or done. And you have to learn to rebuild those relationships. And that's something else that we teach in the academy and through the method. Yeah. Yeah, people walk around all the time telling themselves these very negative stories. And they have certain predefined stories that are already in their head. So when they see something like, for example, the dirty dish sitting on the counter, you immediately tell yourself this story about why it's there and and it's there because somebody's trying to get you and you know all this stuff goes into it and you don't know if any of that is really true you just automatically fill in the blanks and you create this your own story and this happens within a millisecond right about what what that is and again if you're not if you're not aware of that you don't realize that's even happening in fact the first time i mentioned this to somebody this concept they were like i don't do that and then the more I started talking to them, they're like, you know what? I, I actually, I do do that. And I'm like, I know you do. You do it every single I time. I do do. Every, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do that every single time. And we all do it. It's a matter of, did you notice? It's almost like, did you notice the flash of light? Because that's how quick it is. <laughs> right. Yes. And that's also something that we have to realize is learning to pause. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. But it's part of the process. You have to pause before you speak. You want to respond, not react. Right. Look at it this way. When you go to the doctor and let's say you've got an illness and they give you medicine and then the doctor calls you up two days later and they say, how's it going? And you tell the doctor, well, my leg's swelling up and and I can't swallow. (laughs) What is, the, what is it that you say, or what does the doctor say to you? You had a what to the medication? Reaction. You had a reaction. Now, let's say the doctor called you two days later, and you said, man, I'm feeling so much better. My symptoms are gone. They say you had a good what to the medicine? Response. Exactly. I feel like I'm on jeopardy. <laughs> you, you passed. What is response, Alex? Yeah. So it's by definition— reactive anything that is reactive is is negative anything that is responsive is positive right when you take that time to pause that's when you ask yourself these questions am i coming from a place of love or kindness will my input help anything mhm Because a lot of times, believe it or not, and this was hard for me to believe myself, people don't care what you think. Yeah. And 
the Lori prior to Nacho, you didn't have to wonder what I was thinking because it was out my mouth before you could even wonder what I was thinking. And the bad thing about it, it was you thought at the time that it was a positive personal trait of yours. Yeah, because I had the balls to say what most people didn't. Mm-hmm. And yes, I said balls. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Mm-hmm. I would be the one that would raise my hand in a meeting and say what everybody else was complaining about behind closed doors that they were afraid to say to the boss. But would you, would you do it tactfully or you would do it in a way that's kind of in your face? I would do it tactfully. But now if they were screaming at me, that didn't go well. <laughs> because if you scream at me, that tact is still there, but you're going to look like a fool. Mm-hmm. Because there's no need to talk to people like that. Right. But what I was going to say a minute ago is if you took pre-Nacho Lori and Lori now, I am so much happier. Yeah, me too. I am so much less stressed. I don't let the fact that the person behind me is riding my butt ruin my day. I don't snip or snap at Jackson or David because somebody at Walmart made me mad. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you, because I live with you, that it is a massively different person in all the positive good ways. Because, you know, people could tell you like, oh, well, you don't have to live with her. I live with her. And I'm telling you, it is a massive difference. Which is to say that if you're somebody who lives with somebody that needs to be nachoing, there's a ton of benefits to letting them do so. Yes. Let it let them go through the method. Let them try things out. Look, give it 30 days. I'm telling you, you'll see enough results in 30 days that you can keep going. Yeah. Now it's I'm not saying that you're going to solve your problems in 30 days. That's not going to happen. What I am saying is you're going to see a change that quickly in a positive direction and give you enough hope to keep going. Right. And it's like we say too that just because you nacho, things aren't going to be perfect. You're still going to have oh, no. challenges, but Absolutely. but you're going to have the tools to deal with those that you didn't have before. So mm -hmm. it no longer feels like the world's crashing down around you. It just feels more like you stumped your toe. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it is definitely not about removing the challenges that you have so that there are no more challenges. That is not going to happen. Nobody can do that for you. There's no methodology out there, no coach, no therapist. Then No, it's not going to happen. Right. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to learn how to live in a way that when those challenges come, you have a, it, it affects you differently and you have a different tool set to be able to use to cope with those things, to uh, understand what you can change and what you can't. And you have a better attitude less stress, and they don't, they don't affect you the same way they did before. Right. You no longer feel like you can't go to work for two days because somebody upset you. Right. It takes up five minutes of your time, and that's it. You move yep. on. Now, also, David, you brought up a good point. A lot of times, people don't approach the whole nacho thing with their spouse or significant other properly. Mm -hmm. 
So their spouse or significant other gets upset and is like, whoa, whoa, what's this nacho crap you're throwing at me? <laughs> because on mm-hmm. Monday morning, just say the step-parent says, oh, honey, by the way, I heard this thing called nacho, and they are not my kids. So you got to get them to school this morning, and you got to pack their lunch. And, oh, by the way, you've got to pick them up from school because I'm not doing that crap either. Yeah, bad way to start. Yeah. Like, I don't know how else to say this, but you think it would be common sense. (laughs) Yeah, you would think. But it's obviously not. You have to work with your partner. Granted, nacho kids can be done without your partner doing the same thing or without your partner being involved or, heck, without your partner even knowing about it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it as a couple, but it will still help you be a team. Yep. And it will help you improve your communication. Mm -hmm. And setting boundaries is hard for a lot of people, but it's harder for those people that those boundaries affect. Mm -hmm. Let's just say, for example, David's kids are making me late for work every morning. I'm not taking them anymore. I'm going to do this nacho thing. I can't be late for work. I'm going to lose my job if I keep taking these lazy late kids to school, right? So what would I do? I would need to talk to David and say, the kids are making me late. I cannot be late again. What options do you have for getting them to school besides me? And then you lay it out on the table. Option A, B, C, or D. Well, D might be get an Uber for the three-year-old. Bad idea. Mark that (laughs) one off. Okay. (laughs) Option C might be let the kid drive to school. They're 10. No, not an option. (laughs) Mark that one off. And then you take the ones that are left and figure out what's going to work best for everybody. Granted, the bio parent may have to pick up some more of the slack, but... And they might get mad about it, but it boils down to their child is their responsibility. And if you're trying to help them with their responsibilities, it's causing you stress and causing Mm -hmm. you to flip out and causing you want to go crazy on everybody, then, hey, you need to hand that back. Yeah, because if the end result is if your relationship dissolves, then you're not there to do that anyway. Right. So for them to say there is no other option, if you disappear tomorrow, they would have to find another option. Right. Whether you left or were abducted by aliens, doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> that brings up a good point, too. You don't nacho everything unless it causes you stress. And in my case, everything caused me stress. Yeah, because it had gotten to that point. Yes. We were in a very, 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 very bad place, all of us. Mm -hmm. That's why I had to start the nacho process, and it took me longer to get to certain levels or to certain stages because we had to heal. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as simple as I had told the kids to brush their teeth and they were mad. They were very angry and hurt. Right. And I was too. So we had to heal that. Well, I'm just going to say this, this is the part that's probably the hardest because sometimes it is very difficult for somebody to find common ground with what the whole, what's causing me stress thing. 
some people take it to extremes or it feels like an extreme. And, and, and I guess an example of that is you can't really go to your significant other and say, your kids cause me stress, so they can't come over here anymore. You can, but it's not going to go well. Right. And, and so that's what I'm saying is you can't go to the extremes of saying things like that or. No, I don't think, I don't think going to your significant other and saying, look, your kids are making me late every single day to work. I'm going to lose my job. We have got to come up with a different option for getting them to school. Right. No, I, that's perfectly all right. And right. you and I had to do that. Yes. Yeah. What I'm saying is it can't be some kind of extreme to where it's just like not feasible. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like your kids got to go. Right. Because if it, you make your significant other choose between you and their kids and they choose you, they're not a good parent. Mm. Boom. Yeah, I'll say it. Mm. Come, come at me. Come at me. <laughs> come at me. Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. Yeah. Now, I will say I do know situations, and recently um, I did a podcast interview with a lady that her husband did just have to kind of give up on the kid because of the problems he was causing with his significant other. But it's because he knew that the kid was causing the problems. Yeah. And the kid had no desire to work on making things better. Right. And it probably wasn't a six-year-old either. Right. So. Very different. Mm -hmm. Also, people tend to think the whole, like we said before, that nacho means disengaging. No. I don't even like to say disengaging. Mm -hmm. I like to say not engaging. There's a difference. Stepping back. Stepping back. When you are going through that disengaging, quote, quote, not engaging phase, with the stepkids, all that means is you're not engaging in anything with them that can turn negative. Yeah. It doesn't mean that when they say, hey, Lori, can you hand me that cup? That I just act like they don't exist. Mm -hmm. It's not like if they're in the toilet screaming they need toilet paper that I just ignore them. Again, common sense. Yeah. And there's a nuance there. So I know some people might be listening going, so what's the difference between disengaging and not engaging? And the nuance there is in order to disengage, you have to have engaged. Right. And so we don't want you to engage if it's in a way that's negative at all. So then there's no need to disengage because you never engaged in the first place. Right. And a good example of not engaging is my stepkids would come in from being at their mom's for a week, and I would say, hey, how are y'all? Glad you're home, whatever. Radio silence. It made me angry. Mm -hmm. It was a trigger for me. What did I need to do to make that situation better? Mm -hmm. Not say hey to them. Or not expect anything in return. And that's hard for people because then they go down the path of, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect them to speak to me when I say something to right. them. And this rude and this all, you're right. It is rude. And yeah, they should speak to you, but they're not there yet. And neither are you. Right. And, and that's where we're trying to get you to. And try to force it and see what happens. Right. Exactly. We can get you to that point. Most likely you can get yourself to that point. Let me say it that way. Cause you have to do the work. Yeah. 
But if, if that's not where you're at, you're not always going to be there. And they may not be there. Exactly. You may want nothing more than for these kids to love you and give you the Stepmom of the Year Award, and you do everything for them and, quote, quote, treat them as your own. But they don't want anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. Is it because you're a bad person? Maybe. But maybe not. More than likely, it's what you represent. Mm -hmm. And we could go down a 30-minute discussion of what you represent and what an empty cereal box represents. <laughs> yep. So by me not engaging with the stepkids when they came in, I eliminated the chance that there was going to be negative interaction. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, though, you would say hey to them. And what happened? They'd say, huh. I'm, ki I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, they started coming and saying hey to me. Mm -hmm. I remember one time you texted me and said, are you home? And I said, yeah, why? And you said, because the kids are dying to tell you something that happened at school today. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah. <laughs> Win for me. This crap's working. Yep. And we saw almost instantly the pressure from our blend go away mm -hmm. or lift. But we did not see the kids turn around going, oh, let's go tell Lori something the next week. It took time. It took us a long time to get to the hell we were in, and it took us some time to get out. But we, yeah. we put forth the work. We put forth the effort, and we showed our kids that relationships are worth fighting for. And no, before anybody comes at me for that, I'm not saying if you're in an abusive relationship, you need to stay. Common sense again, folks. Don't hear what I'm not saying. That's right. I love that phrase. Laura Petherbridge says it a lot. I know. I'm going to get a shirt that says that too. Yeah. Why do I'll put on a thing, a post in a, the Facebook group, and I, I've been posting it for a long time, and it says something to the effect of, don't give up on this relationship. If you throw in the towel now, you'll more than likely end up in another blended relationship, work on the one you have. All these people, how dare you tell people to stay in abusive relationships? <laughs> and I'm thinking, do I live in the twilight zone? Because <laughs> sometimes I'm thinking, I don't have a clue where you're getting that from. <laughs> now, sometimes I can see where they might be have misunderstood something or I didn't explain it clearly. Yeah, But, but other times I'm like, hmm. Yeah, but these are the same people. The reason why you have to have don't drink the bleach on the side of a bleach bottle, or the same reason you have to say don't tell people to leave their relationship <laughs> in a step family support group. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Well, I probably sh shouldn't say support group because we, as a nacho group, we're not going to support your crazy shenanigans to hurt your stepkids. That's true. Yeah, we've seen that before, too. I thought this was a support group. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't support your craziness. Right, go somewhere else to get your crazy validation. <laughs> no. All right. So let's talk about some of the common things that we see people that are challenged with things. Like, they, you know, we, <laughs> there's just like this. I had to laugh because towels <laughs> is the first thing that pops in my head. I know. It's it's funny because there's a couple of things that we hear and see a lot. 
first thing that we see a lot is people get on our Q&A calls in the closet. Like They're sitting in the closet. <laughs> David, don't call out our closet, people. Well, I laugh because that's the only place in the house that people feel like they can have that sense of privacy that they really need. Yeah, and their significant other sitting on the other side with a glass. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's... Because I guess because we've been there, you know, you when you've been there and you've been through it, you can see people that, that are where you were. And it's like, oh my gosh, you feel so bad for them. But you, at the same time, you're like, just, you, you know, your hand is out to them. Like, come on, I can get you there, but you have to put in the work. I can't drag you along. Right. I can help you up, but you've got to do most of the work. But we see that a lot. So that's one thing. The towels, talk about the towels. The towels. <laughs> <laughs> I see so much about the towels and the stepkids leaving wet towels on the floor. We had that issue. Oh, yeah. The way we resolved that issue was everybody got two towels, and they were color-coded. They were actually white towels with different colored stripes on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Everybody had their own color, same with cups and plates. It solved a world of problems. Yeah, it did. (laughs) But the issue, a lot of times people will say, I can't nacho the wet towel on the floor. And I really want to nacho the towel on the floor. Well, here's the thing. And we say it all the time. You nacho what causes you stress. If it is stressing you out, thinking about your towel on the floor, damp, getting that musky, mildewy smell on it is driving you crazy and your other option is to pick it up which is less stressful for you picking it up most of the time yes so you have to weigh which is going to be less stressful for you knowing that if you pick that towel up you are showing the child that you will continue to pick that towel up But that's a choice you're making because it's less stressful to pick the towel up than to worry about it laying there getting nasty. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Or potentially you could go to your significant other and say, hey, how about grab that towel on the floor real quick? A lot of people feel like they can't pick it up themselves if they're not showing. No, you can. We're not telling you you can't pick up towels or you can't clean up after your stepkids. But we're saying just know that when you do, that's the expectation. Mm-hmm. And if you're picking up stuff off the floor and wanting to tie the towel around your neck because it's stressing you out so bad mm-hmm. that they leave the towels, then you've got to stop and you've got to back up. One of David's kids was here this past week or so, and I laughed because I would see signs that he had been in the kitchen in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of them was the empty ego plastic Thing that he had sat between the toaster and the microwave. One of it being the pound of sugar that was left on the counter from where he made his coffee. Come on now. Let's not exaggerate. Okay, a quarter pound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing was when I called him down, you know, he's all happy, joyful. <laughs> and he comes down, hey, Dad, you know, give me a big hug. And I walk him over to the uh, the microwave, and I was like, Hmm. See anything weird over here? He's like, 
oh my God, somebody wants to broke in <laughs> <laughs> and left the rappers in here. I'm like, I know that is, I'm just glad that you're still safe. That somebody was in this house that we weren't aware of and they did that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I took him over to the counter and I was like, you know, the in- most interesting thing is not only did they take the, the egos, but they also came over here and made a cup of coffee. Look. He's like, oh my gosh, how inconsiderate. I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and this child is 22, by the way. Yeah. But he cleaned up his mess. He and did. And we laughed about it. He did. And we, and we went on about our day. <laughs> but when I saw those, y'all, I'm telling you, pre-nacho, I'd have been like, that lazy freaking young, and I'm sick and tired of me buying groceries and him just leaving crap everywhere for me to pick up like I'm the maid and nobody else sees it and blah, 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 right? I would have spiraled. Mm-hmm. Now I looked at it and I'm like, <laughs> he ain't never going to change. That youngin, <laughs> he gets so sidetracked doing stuff, he forgets. I do the same thing. But the difference is I do go back and pick up after myself. And it's different when you're picking up after somebody else. And the other thing, too, is years ago, you would have thought, he's doing this to you. Right. No, he's not doing it to me. Oh, I know. He, but- he's doing it because a bird flew by the window and he got distracted <laughs> or he caught a glimpse of himself in the mirror and had to look. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in all honesty, it's not even it's not even that he's lazy. No. It's just, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Not making an excuse for him, but he's not a lazy kid. He just... Like you said, his girlfriend might disagree with you on that one. Well, people will do what you let people do. <laughs> but it was so funny that I could look at these things and just go, huh, I'm actually glad he's here. Yep. Because I am glad he's here. He is awesome to have here. And I hope your other kids don't listen to this, David. But if any of them ever had to come back and live here, I'd rather it be him. <laughs> Because he hugs us every morning and every night. Well, he says, I, I, every morning he'll say, I love you, Lori, or Lolo, and give me a hug. <laughs> and it, he'll say, make me some cornbread. <laughs> yeah, they, they all have their little things. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of them hadn't had an opportunity to be home very much, poor thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I know the last time that I missed him and he came back. Whew. Yeah, he's a whirlwind. He is wide open. Well, what's funny is Ethan's wide open, too. Mm-hmm. But Branson's just loud. <laughs> it's like the child has a megaphone to his mouth. He does. Really? But no, seriously, I do miss him being here, too. But it's just, I like having Ethan here because he's so loving. And plus, we cut up and joke and we experience new things together. And like, oh, wait, we were both pretty stupid thinking that. Yeah, no, y'all, y'all do think some stupid stuff. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but like, I made him Fruit Loop marshmallow treats. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Were you really going to make those for me?" I'm like, "Yeah, thank you, Lolo." <laughs> but this is the same kid too that will take a bite of it and go, "Daddy, these are so good. Thank you for making these for me." I'm surprised he didn't do that. I know, time. I know. <laughs> He's growing out of it. But anyway, y'all look at this, okay? This is 2023. How long have we been married, David? 13 years. Yeah, it'll be 14 years this year. So 11 and a half, 12, whatever. 
We were ready to get divorced. We were floundering in the seas of dissent. Yeah. We were ready to get divorced. Everybody hated everybody. Nobody was happy. I was physically ill from the stress, mm-hmm. like beyond skinny and sick. Well, it, was worse than, it was worse than just being skinny. I mean, you had massive weight loss. You're having other health issues. Yeah. I mean, stress takes a toll on you, and it, it was extremely obvious that it was tearing you apart. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really was. It even makes me emotional to think about it. But I mean, you were you were unrecognizable, honestly. Yeah, I know. I remember I would run into people that knew you, and I'd be like, "Hey, so and so," and they would look at me like, "I don't know you, you drug addict. Get away from me." <laughs> I mean, really. I know. Yeah, which again shows you shouldn't judge people because you never know what they're going through. But you look at that, and we'll just say, eleven years ago. In eleven years, we have come from about to get divorced and put our kids through another separation to having this ministry that we are helping other blended families. And I love my stepkids being here. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, not like I wanted anything bad to happen to them. I just didn't want them to ever come back. Yep. And they didn't want me to come back. Mm -hmm. And the relationships that I feel for these kids It's just, it's amazing. And it's not, again, it's not like my own baby. I'm surprised Jackson didn't say, you don't make Fruit Loop marshmallow things for me. (laughs) But when I knew he was coming, I was like, well, let me get this stuff. I know he likes it. And I know Mm -hmm. he appreciates it. Mm -hmm. And you can call him right now and say, do you think Lori loves you? And he'll be like, yeah, what kind of stupid question is that? You, too, can have that, but you're going to have to do the work. And it's not just disengaging. Now, I know there are people that are listening that are probably thinking, well, that's good for you, Lori. Yeah. I'm just glad you're hunky-dory. Hunky-dory. Call me Lori. Because <laughs> it's funny. I was actually telling somebody in the last coaching call, I was laughing about something, you know, that we had made it through. And the lady was like, that's good for you, David. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I just busted out laughing. Because I understand. It's like, I, I get it. You're telling me something uplifting, but, yeah, you know, my life's in shambles right now. Yeah, and it's almost um, foreign. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like, well, good for you, David, but, you know, let's get back it, yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was funny, though. Because, and here's the thing, people. We don't forget where we came from. <laughs> no. And there are still certain topics that will crop up sometimes between David and I on Q&A calls or even podcasts that you can tell they're still hurt there. Mm-hmm. And I know how to deal with that hurt. It doesn't consume me, but I don't want to forget it either. Right. And we are one of the few, David, that would say that we would go through what we went through again. Yeah. And I would. Yeah. It's like I'm, I've healed from all of it or most of it, but I, but I still have scars just like you heal from anything else. There's still scars there, but I can look at those scars and know why they're there. And, but they represent something different to me. They're battle wounds. They're battle markings. They're victories. (laughs) That's right. 
Cause I mean, I literally do have scars on me that tell, they all tell stories. Like, I don't know about you, but when I look at mine, they all have a story behind it. Like this one's a motorcycle wreck. This one's when I was trying to do something stupid on a bicycle as a kid. This is when you I know, tripped in a ditch and slid across the road trying to get to the ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's all these different, but all these scars have different stories behind them. And for those emotional scars I have for the things that you and I went through, I look back and there's still stories attached to those, but I know how the story ends. And it's not the same way I thought it would end 11 years ago. Yep. All right. That's a good place to stop, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because I'm getting all emotional. <laughs> and that's something else I want y'all to realize, that whether I comment on something in the Facebook group to you, or whether you're in the academy and I'm talking to you on a Q&A call, or I'm messaging you, I know this might sound corny, but I care. Mm -hmm. I, honest to God, care about you. And I want you to be happy and healthy and everyone in your blend to be happy and healthy. And I want to do everything I can to help you. And sometimes yeah. that's to a fault. It because is. I can't, I can't do the work for you, but right. I tell you, I will be there to hold your hand while you're crying. I will be there to hold your hand while we're jumping up and down for joy because of the wins. Mm -hmm. Definitely celebrate your wins. Yes. And don't forget that what you focus on is what will grow. If I focus on how annoying David is, <laughs> I can't tolerate it. <laughs> but if I focus on how silly he is, it's a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, there's even been scientific studies done on focus. Like what you miss when you're focused on something else, mm -hmm. and I won't get all I won't get all into it. But there was one of them that were done where they asked people to they asked doctors now that were looking at X-rays they asked them to identify things on an X-ray, and they were able to identify what they were looking for, but what they missed was something that was very critical to the health and well-being of the person. Yeah, like they had them looking for a stomach ulcer and there was a brain tumor. Something similar to that, but it was, you know, they missed something that was you know, that sh they should have saw. Right. But they missed it because they were told to look for something else. Yep. And so there's lots of studies about that. And uh one way you could do this even for yourself or for other people is if you go online, there's a video, sure it's on YouTube. Uh, I don't know what to tell you to search for, but there's like these people passing a basketball around and you can do this in a group and you tell people count how many times the basketball was thrown to somebody. And so you're watching the video and the people throwing the basketball around after the video, it says, it doesn't ask you how many times they threw the ball around. It says, did you notice the guy dressed up in a gorilla suit walking around behind the people? Mm -hmm. nobody ever sees the guy in the gorilla suit. When you go back and watch it again, you're like, oh my gosh, how did I miss this? This big, massive guy in a gorilla suit walking around. I looked it up. There's one that's called Selective Attention Test. There's also the Monkey Business Illusion. Mm -hmm. The Invisible Gorilla featuring Daniel Simmons. Yep. Simons, maybe. 
test your awareness. There's the door study, count the basketball passes, psychology through nap time comedy. So there's a buttload of them. Yeah. But all those point to the same result, which is what you are focused on is what you see. When you're focused on the negative, it's what you're going to see. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means change your focus, change what you see. Yes. And I just want to sum a few things up if you're okay with that, David. Sure. Nachoing to nacho or using the nacho kids method or nacho parenting. That is not being mean or neglectful to the stepkids. You never nacho safety. You don't nacho to prove a point and try to show your significant other how hard it is what you've been doing. If you have pettiness in your heart, you've got to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. And... We can help with that, too. But you have to be able to be open to people telling you what you don't want to hear. And not showing is not cussing at your stepkids. It's not wishing harm on them. It's not making their life harder just so you can kick back and laugh. That's just mean. (laughs) And I see it a lot in the Facebook group. Somebody will say, yeah, it was funny watching my husband this morning trying to get the kids ready, and he's getting so frustrated. wonder how he likes it. Mm, you're not really in the right place. I get it. I get it. Because we were there. Mm-hmm. But really, you should look at that and say, I hate to see him struggle, but that's how hard it is for me, too. Yep. So I could go through a lot. The Nacho Kids method is... Getting rid of bad habits, creating new ones, learning pattern interrupts, understanding reality. (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of people have a distorted view of reality for sure. Lowering your expectations. Stop comparing yourself to others. Stop comparing kids to other kids. Yeah, even within the same household. Yes, even within the same Family. Yes. And when I say family, that would be like David comparing two of his kids. Mm-hmm. Right. But our mission at Nacho Kids has been and will always be to reduce the number of step families that do not survive the blend. That is true. You sound hesitant. <laughs> that is absolutely the case. If we can help one blended or step family stay together by teaching them this method and them applying it, those are less kids that have to deal with another separation. Mm -hmm. That also lowers the chance that their kids will go through a divorce. Yep. You don't realize the impact of what you do has on future generations. It's true. That's a whole nother podcast. Just no like the kidding. mind and the thinking and the <laughs> awareness and all this stuff. Yeah. Like we said, please do not think that not showing is just disengaging. Yeah. That's, that's laughable. Right. And we can go through and tell you that the Nacho Kids method talks about 
identifying your triggers, coping skills, responding instead of reacting, all the stuff that we've already told you. But that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It is not simply stepping back or disengaging. There's so much more to it, and that's why it can be a way of life. Actually, the first person that ever joined our Nacho Kids Academy said that to us. Mm-hmm. She said, Nacho is not just for blended families. It's a way of life. Yep. And she's right. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can tell you that all day long, but it's better if she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Discover it for yourself. Yes. is the best way to do all this. Yes. All right, folks. That is our show for today. 200th episode. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it as always. We hope you learned something because, you know, Lori and I don't get on here very often and talk amongst ourselves. And behave. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) If you have any questions, though, shoot us an email. Don't assume. And look, if you've got a research you're doing, you're doing an article, you're doing a podcast, whatever it is, don't go out there and Take somebody else's word for it. Yeah, don't join the Facebook group and listen to them crazy people. Yeah, just ask us. We'll tell you exactly whatever it is you're wanting to know. We'll answer your questions. There's no need for you to try to make up something. Yep, and be careful what you ask me because I will tell you the truth. (laughs) And you may not want to know. That part is still in me. (laughs) Yeah. All right, there we go. We'll see you again next week. And remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.